Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen. Und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. Because, of course, it's Friday. That's why we call it the Friday Night Preview Show. So there we go. Uh, I am, of course, Mr. Stamford Chidge, or Uncle Stamford Chidge, as a lot of people are starting to call me. It worries me slightly. It tells me that I am, in fact, old. Uh, maybe even as old as I feel. Who knows? Anyway, thankfully, I've got somebody older than me on the show, but definitely younger in spirit. And that is uh, oh, Mr. I Jonathan Kidd. Dear chap, how lovely of you to say that. In fact, I've aged 20 years since we spoke on Monday. Uh, but aren't you called the uh, the podfather, though? Yeah. yeah, so that's where you should relish that, shouldn't you? Rather than... Uh, Rather than Uncle Chidge, you know, I mean... Poof. No, I take I take them all as terms of endearment and I'm happy, really, just to even be mildly appreciated, Jacob. All right, good, good. that's lovely. Good, excellent. So who else we got on the show tonight? I don't know, it's your job, mate. Here we go on. Well, we've got that wonderful double act. Wonderful double act, Newson and Little, Newson and Little, Newson and Whittle. That Newson and Little I prefer, actually. Sounds like a couple of solicitors, actually. I thought you were going to say <laughs> Whit Whittle and Large or something silly like you No, know, it would have been. It would be, That would have been horrendous. Um, but, but, <laughs> it's a good but, job we didn't say it then, really, isn't you it? You just said, well, we didn't say it. Yeah, oh, I think you might have done. Um, uh, the, the, the magnificent Dane with his, um, his great observations and his brilliant handling of the... Uh, of Instagram account, so uh, he's on with us, and we've got Ava Ava Giza from uh, Football London, who's uh, who's never away. I'm 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 intrigued to see he's on again, and uh, uh, once again he's uh, as usual. I, I I can't praise him enough. He's he's perceptive and um, interesting, and uh, much more um, interesting than any of us on the show. So we'll just plug him in and let him go. All right. Yeah. Um, she should should you tell him Adam or shall I? And it's funny that you mentioned to me about your hat-trick of appearances and said, I'm going to be the new JK. He's picked it up <laughs> immediately, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he has. He has. So so I'm only on the show um, occasionally from now on then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Sorry, mate. You can't get away with it that easily. But Adam, would you like to tell them or shall I, shall I, uh, shall can, I, shall I take ownership of my shame and embarrassment? Yeah, why not? Why not? Okay, well, we, we were, in fact, JK and everybody who's listening, obviously, uh, going to have Sam on tonight because it was Sam's turn. And when I sent the schedule out on our WhatsApp group, as you will all remember, I, like a complete prune, just assumed people read it. But uh, I was wrong. And, of course, I've been busy. So I didn't actually remind Sam early this week. Ah. So, so when I, I messaged him stupidly at lunchtime as an afterthought, he said, Chit, chit, I can't do it tonight. I'm going out to dinner. 
And he, and he was mortified. And I said, no, don't, don't, mate, it's all my fault because I should have, like, you know, done it earlier. And so he foisted it upon his pal. No, I asked Adam very kindly if he would like to step in and said, it's not a problem if you can't because I know it's late notice. And look at him, he's here. What a legend he is. Adam, lovely to see you, mate. Thank you very much. And as I said to you, are fair. When you have a young child, you never have plans for Friday night, so you're always free. <laughs> In fact, you could be on every week. Yeah. Are you trying to get out of it or something, JK? What are you trying well, to tell it's me? Just all about me, there's the three of us. We could be on all the time. God preserve us. Anyway, there you go. So that, that's who we've got on tonight, um, and we're going to kick off with the uh, the Malmo game, which uh, I have. To, I'm going to have a bit of a confession here, and you'll probably all stop listening now when you realise that your uncle Chidge stroke podfather is rubbish basically but i i had clients until eight o'clock on uh, tuesday night which is rather inconvenient when we've got a match at five forty-five. whenever it kicked off uh, so ah, yes. yeah i had to tivo the bloody thing and i was exhausted after a mental day literally as well as metaphorically and then i decided i needed to eat i didn't end up starting to watch it un- until half nine and uh uh, as it happens, I had a chat with uh, Kerry Dixon, and and he said, "Mate, fast forward to the second half, mate." <laughs> you know, so even Kerry thought it was dull, and I have to say, I struggled to stay awake for most of it because I was so tired when I watched it on TV. So there, I don't, don't, don't at me, as the kids say. But uh, I mean, the thing is, J.K., it was a bit tougher than it needed to be. Was my kind of overall perception really? Well, they they didn't play dreadfully when they played us at the Bridge. They were just the tactics were a bit devoid of um, interest or even acumen, but they uh, they made an effort and um, uh, spurred on by a completely magnificent choir. I mean, I mean, it put puts us to shame with our songs. This this brilliant singing that went on, all based on were they were um, they show um, tunes? J.K. Is that why you no, approved? No, they weren't. Funnily enough, they were all pop standards. There was uh, I detected a Stevie Wonder. I was I, I just called to say I love you was one of them. The Beatles. I should have known better. All of these great tunes and a Boney M tune, Rasputin. I was just I was thinking I know that one. Of course, it's Harris It's going on in the back. We've no idea what they're saying. But as I said in the fan bite, in fact, when it gets to champions of europe fuck off fuck <laughs> off you know where you are and i was surprised that the uh, the commentators didn't say uh, uh, anybody offended by that please um you know uh, we apologized for because in actual fact um it went on for five minutes so i they must have thought they were singing something else but um uh in terms of the football um yeah i thought that the, uh, you know put in a great effort as i said spurred on by the crowd and we were just slightly off it you know it's that thing of uh, um I mean, these games, they should absolutely take him to the cleaners every time. And in fact, you know, we, we stepped up again in the second half, which which he appears tactically to be able to do. So, it, you know, the, that forlorn hope one used to have, thinking, oh, it might all change in the second half under previous managers. In this instance, it tends to change in the second half because he'll he'll tweak something. So, um, uh, and in this instance, he just changed um, uh, he changed uh, Zayek and, and Adoy round. And that was a fabulous goal. Let's make no no bones about it. Fantastic goal they scored. And yet a lot of the time you thought, well, they might get a lucky one. It's always that terrible feeling watching the Blues, which I've had since I was little, was that it doesn't really matter how many goals to the good you are. You know, the last five minutes, they'll score a couple of lucky ones or something. But that's that's a, an old person's fear. But um, no, it wasn't. It was, um, I, I, you know, I think uh, um, have they played... Um, uh, they've played Juventus away already, haven't they? They've already played them at home, haven't they? Isn't that right? Am, am I correct? 
um, Malmo have played Juventus at home, or have they not done that yet? They have, and they beat them easily, didn't they? Yeah. I think they beat them 3-0, didn't they, Adam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we haven't got that possibility of them improving. So um, it's all going to be down to the the Juventus at home. Yeah, I'd like to kind of of finish up with that, if I may. But, uh, Adam, I mean, JK's uh, kind of... I mean, that was the intriguing thing, wasn't it, really? Um, That uh, it wasn't Tuchel who changed it around at halftime. It was his assistant, and he basically just uh, switched... um, you know, Ziyech with Hudson Odoi. So you basically had a left footer on the left wing and a right footer on the right wing. Who knew that football was such a simple game to do something <laughs> like that? Eh? But of course, it, it enabled them to get down the wings quicker rather than fanning about and crossing it across the pitch, which is what they tend to do. Um, but it was it was interesting, wasn't it? Remind me of the assistant's name because it's gone out of my head. Arno Mikkels. Arno Mikkels. Yeah, credit to Tuchel for uh, for being that open about it. Um, obviously, there will be other coaches out there who would have taken the credit, I'm mm. sure. Um, but yeah, he basically said that the the you know Arno came to him and said that look, we can get down the flanks here if we swap over Callum and, and Hakim Ziyech. You'll have natural players on, on that side, and they won't have to cut back and cross with their weaker foot, which gives Malmo a bit more time to set up their defence. So hey, it worked. To, it worked a treat and. So I thought the goal was, you know, it was Callum's goal, really. I mean, he did the, the hardest part of that. It was him who interchanged um, passes of Havertz, and then his cross was absolutely fantastic. I mean, the the weight of it was perfect to just keep it out of the way of the defender and the goalkeeper that leaves Ziyech with an easy finish. So, I mean, yeah, even really... Ziyech couldn't miss that one. <laughs> <laughs> quite um but no I say there was another it was another good moment for Hudson Adoy he's really had a good run of it um in the uh in the last few weeks and as I always now seem to get a plug in on here I wrote a piece earlier this week um just about <laughs> Callum and how I thought it would be important now that after the international break actually I think it's going to be important that Tuchel sticks with him because I think if you get Lukaku and Werner back you get Pulisic fit and Mount fit and then you suddenly cast Hudson and Doyle aside again. I don't think that sends the greatest message, given he's done exactly what you wanted him to do and stepped up when you've had injuries. So, um, so yeah, from just from that perspective, I really hope Callum stays in the team now for the next. I think Zayek's the loser here. Actually, I think the others will get in ahead of Zayek. Mm. I think, despite his making an effort, he tries. He's trying really hard, but you know. Do you think? Do you think Callum has done enough, Adam? Oh, that's a very hard question to answer. Uh, personally, yes, because look, he would. I think it's like the last five games that he's played as a as a left winger. He's got well, he would have had the assist for Timo Werner against Southampton had VAR not gone back forty five minutes and found a reason to disallow yeah. that goal. He got an assist against uh, Malmo at home. Scored against Norwich. Got an assist pretty much for Reese's goal at, at Newcastle, and then he's got another assist in the week. So he's he's having an impact in these games and. That's all Tuchel's ever asked of their his attackers. I think he said the the statistics. The statistics are important. You have to have goals and assists, and Callum has that at the moment. So if you you do get your big your big hitters back and suddenly dispatch him back to the substitutes bench, I have a feeling that probably could do a lot of harm in the longer run. And I feel that Callum has done what's needed. So yeah. personally, I've got to keep him. I mean, I certainly would. I I I still think that he's arguably out of all of the uh, the crop of. Uh... You know, kids that have come through, I think he's arguably the most talented. And, and I desperately, desperately, desperately want to see him succeed at the club. Uh, almost matched, Dane, uh, by a certain Mr. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who uh, 
who's also had a a little bit of a run of games uh you know recently and i think like callum has done what he has been asked to do and i mean uh, a lot of people were, were praising him after the malmo game saying he was the man of the match i mean I get a sense with with Loftus Cheek that maybe this is his moment, and I and I say that because I think there is nobody else in the side who plays in midfield who can really do what he does. Yeah, this is his moment. This is his last chance, possibly. Uh, I saw him at Fulham, and I really wasn't impressed. I just was hoping, like like many, that it was the injury just holding him back. It was horrible, horrible, nasty, uh, very career-ending injury from 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 decades ago and it's obviously taken him a long time to get over it and it's just so nice to see him playing with freedom uh you know i saw somewhere recently on social media they was they was saying similarities between him and Kovacic out you know they both drive with the ball i think ruben's got a, a little bit more uh, going on for him it's a lack of a cutting edge, you know, we all know we've seen him score goals, but you know, he's going for a, a big dry spell, even going back to the loan spell with Fulham. I think he only got one goal, uh, maybe two, I can't remember, but he, you know, he, he doesn't look very confident anywhere near the goal. He's still trying to have a shot, but it's, uh, it'll be good when he gets his first goal. And I think it, hopefully it's at Stanford Bridge. It should give him lots of confidence, but yeah, he, he surprised loads of us. You know, I was, I was quite upset with, with, we heard, Rumours coming out that Tuchel liked him, but also the club was was you know looking to maybe maybe get rid of him. Obviously, I've not got my ear or or any contacts of a club to know how true that was. But I was quite upset when we got Saul because there was you know Tuchel had said you know nice things about him, been really positive about him. We've heard links to you know similarities to Balak. And you thought, well, this could be his chance. When we sound Saul, I thought, oh no, that's just a step back for him. But you know. Good for him, you know. He's he, he he's come up trumps again. You know, he's he's pushed past certain players, you know, and he he's at the front now. He's given Tuchel a headache, and Tuchel's even said he wants more. So, you know, if you're performing so well, and the manager's still saying, "Yeah, that's brilliant," but I want more. You can do so more. That, that that's got to give him confidence. You wonder if if signing Saul actually gave him a um a kick up the backside slightly personally. He just thought, "I've got to get ahead of this. I've got to do." Could this. have gone the other way though, JK. It could couldn't have been, it? Absolutely, it could have done. But it's it's to, it's it's Good to his him. is yeah, absolutely it's to his great uh, favour that he, uh, he he managed to do that. I don't know if I said this on Monday, but I've got a Fulham mate. I had a coffee with him, and he actually said, "Can I just say?" He said before we were talking, "Can I just say?" He said, "Fucking Loftus cheek." He said, "Fuck." He said, "I can't." fucking believe it he said he he played for us all he did was fall over and he plays for you and he plays out of his skin he said i can't believe it i cannot and he actually he said i cannot fucking believe it he said good i've got that i've got that out of my uh out, out of my um uh system now so now we'll have a normal conversation he said to him. <laughs> but to be fair though i did say weeks ago or when we was on jody morris sure it's jody morris made a really good point he said you've got to remember but Ruben has played in successful teams since the age of nine. So that environment he had around Fulham. He, exactly, he exactly. Completely struggled with. Yeah. He probably had no idea what was Adam shaking Adam? No, no, look, I, I wrote a piece in, I wrote a piece in the summer. <laughs> you know that, well, this reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever watched. I love it, we're setting you up every it's time. A, it's American Pie. You know, that there's that one time at band camp. It's like now we're going, well, there was this piece I wrote a few months ago. No, no, this isn't, this isn't, a, well, it is indirectly a plug. But I wrote this piece in the summer about Ruben and how 
I thought his Fulham loan in isolation was exactly what he needed. Sure, he didn't absolutely tear it up, but he went and played 30 games, which after basically 18 months without kicking a football in serious anger was exactly what he needed. And yeah, he didn't go and score 10 goals and do X, Y, and Z, but he played and he got... The most important thing was he got the trust in his body back, yeah. which I think is huge. And loads of Fulham fans gave me abuse when I wrote this piece on social media saying that I thought Ruben would have a chance at back at Chelsea. And they were saying, what are you talking about, mate? He's rubbish. Blah. And I was like, well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I mean, you know, I see I see you, Adam, and I raise you because I remember I wrote a piece, actually, about both Callum Hudson-Odoi <laughs> and Loftus-Cheek saying that the biggest problem that they will have will be psychologically how they recover. Because when you get injuries like that, I mean, actually, I think even more so uh, for Callum because I, I was there and he, he, there was nobody within 10 feet of him and he just went down. And the psychological problem with that is that if, you, if you've got somebody who two-foots you and breaks your leg, you kind of know why your leg got broken. But when you just fall down on a heap and your Achilles snaps, it's like, well, it might happen again. How, I mean, you know, this is something I can't control. So that, I think, was the biggest issue. And I agree with you. He's, he, and he said himself, didn't he, this week, that he feels that he's, 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 he's now got confidence he's in his body. That. Yeah. Jacob, but it's interesting. Sorry, whether, whether, no, no problem. Whether, in fact, the fact that um, uh, uh, Callum um, w- healed more quickly similarly put dreadful pressure on him. Yeah. He's, I don't. He's, I don't think Callum's was as severe as, as what Ruben ended up doing. Which is well, well, I thought it was the same kind of injury, it was, but, it, but, it was, but but not as severe. Okay, but yeah. you still wonder. You know, your mate who's done the same thing. Supposedly, you just think, oh my goodness, Dave, because he, he he was having great difficulty. They had to almost reteach him, didn't they? Um, uh, uh, Loftus Cheek, how to walk yeah. again? Yeah, because it had been so so vile. So well, more and more you think about the performances. If he can get back to the level that we we hoped he would get to, it'll be absolutely brilliantly achieved. I, I mean, the, the thing the thing that I've really loved most of, I mean, I I mean, we all I remember we all used to say it on the show when he started. I mean, that that's that Sarri season really was was when he broke through properly. I think because I mean, I remember when he first came through, he just looked like a little boy lost. He looked absolutely out of his depth. Yeah. And he would kept keep on getting substituted, and usually quite correctly. That Sarri season, he, he he looked like the player we'd all seen playing for the youth side. But what what struck out was he was such a unit, and people yeah. would bounce off him, and and he lost that when he came back after the injury. But now he looks like that player again. And I don't know whether Tuchel's just encouraged him to say, "Look, come on, mate, you're a big guy. Just use your physicality here." But people are bouncing off him again, and he's also really eager. And I think this is Tuchel's influence entirely actually because you know Loftus-Cheek is always trying to win the ball back when we lose possession and he's doing it very aggressively and it's just lovely to I mean I know he's got so many other parts to his game but that tells you everything you need to know about where his mind's at. He also did a wonderful piece of skill sorry Dane a wonderful piece of skill in the corner where he went round a player then dragged it back to get the ball to centre it which was really class. Once again I keep saying Hullet very Hullet like huge as Hullet, got that ability to to just f- swat people off, but then a consummate piece of skill, you know. Sorry, Dane. Well, I was just going to say, you know, what I what I liked about what Chidge said, you're seeing the good and bad of what Adam said. Selfishly for us, him going to play for Fulham very averagely, but playing those 30 games has really helped us out. But not yeah. that there's going to be any Fulham supporters listening to this when we think, <laughs> well, what about us, you know, the... The fans, the coaching staff, well, we, we, we needed him to do a job. You know, we, it wasn't just all about him getting fit. But for us, it's, it's benefited us and him massively because we're seeing 
well, what they never saw. But we've, we're seeing what we've seen before as well, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant, and I'm so happy for him. Oh, I, I think maybe he's added bits to his game too, and I, I think we can thank Tuchel for that. Right, uh, obviously we've got a game tomorrow. We've got Burnley. Um, as luck would have it, uh, because Adam so kindly stepped in uh, at the last minute, I think you were at the presser today, weren't you? Yes. yes. So from what I understand, Adam, uh, Werner, Lukaku, Kovacic, as we probably could have predicted, are out. Uh, Alonso picked up an injury in the last minute against Malmo and he's out and Mount who we thought would be out might actually be available but apparently he's got an issue with his wisdom teeth but Mount, the Mount yeah. situation seems a bit fluid so I'm not quite sure what's going on with that yeah so Mason's got an infection from a wisdom tooth issue so he took said he'll be in the squad tomorrow I would be surprised if he starts um, maybe you give him 20 minutes if he's up to it but yeah, Tuchel said that he's not been able to eat too much, so he's lost a little bit of weight, and um, and basically said that it's going to need proper treatment because uh, he's on medication at the moment, but it might need proper treatment, and that might delay him joining up with England because naturally he's been called up uh, for the England squad despite the fact he hasn't played the last two games for Chelsea. Um, uh, don't start a, me on that. But yes, it sounds like he'll be in the squad. I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just on the bench, though, and, and isn't used if if isn't if he's not needed basically well well indeed i mean you know the, the i mean i mean okay i'll ask you really because i mean I've, I've, I've my only i didn't see the press today because i was out uh but um I, I i read your report actually so that's that's how i only know what what you put in that in a sense but was there any other news that was interesting to hear from tuchel today because i, I my, my quick summary of the questions was they asked absolutely exactly what i expected them to ask uh, they asked a lot about Callum slash England because he's not joining up with the under-21s again, even though they would like him to, which Tuchel basically said, you know, it's his choice. And if they're, you know, he'll know the consequences to that. So, so be it. He's a grown man. Let him make his own decisions. And if there's consequences, then that's that. That's that. Probably the most, or one of the bigger interesting points from it was how effusive Tuchel was about Conor Gallagher. Um there was a lot of very positive things said about Gallagher. He sort of reaffirmed the fact that Gallagher could have stayed at Chelsea this summer, uh, but Palace came in with a very presentable opportunity and then they all decided it would be best for him. But I think he said something along the lines of, you could wake up Cal- uh, uh, Connor at 4am and he'll be sprinting, running, winning duels and trying to pick up balls for you. Um, so it's clear from just that that Tuchel was really high on, on Gallagher and wouldn't be a huge surprise next summer if he's uh, incorporated into the into the squad. He said that about Kovacic last week, though. He did, he did. He used <laughs> the same Three o'clock shape. in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, he, but he, he said four. Training. He said four for He said Connor four Gallagher. for Connor, which is so even what's later. That, what's that all about? Oh, perhaps, the, perhaps the clocks have gone back. <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> yes, that's that. That's that. I'm sure that's what Tucker was referring to. <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you uh, that, uh, I, I, you know, the article that I've been meaning to write all week for you, Adam, uh, but as I've had a mental week... Um, thank, thanks to me not writing it before the press conference that I might I mean I should explain to the peeps listening that my titles never ever make the uh, you know the, uh, the the headline in the articles of Football London probably understandably so uh, and I shall prove it now because my title will be wake him up before he go goes and I think we'll know what that's all about indeed and it's not wham OK, um, anyway, I mean, we've kind of mentioned a few things about the, the call ups. And I mean, I, 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 I read with fascination, funny enough, Southgate's remarks about Callum. And I have to say, I read them with a lot of delight and warmth that we've pissed off the England manager, the uh, the interloper who shouldn't really be there, in my opinion. But um, 
you know, we've got uh, Reese called up, obviously. Uh, Chilwell's got a call up, obviously. Uh, Mount's got a call up. I'm a, I'm very annoyed about that because you know if he's not fit enough to play for Chelsea this weekend, then he shouldn't be going to England. So you could say the same about Kante to France, of course, who of course has been picked, and Pulisic, of course, who has been picked by the USMNT to go and play on some ropey fecking pitch somewhere in the boondocks and probably go and injure himself again. You can see I'm happy about this. Um, are there any Chelsea players who were unlucky to not get the call up? I mean, Chaloba or Chalabar springs to mind. Yeah, I think Trev was pushing. I mean, I, I can understand maybe it is a bit too soon, but you know he's played ten games for Chelsea now and hasn't put a foot wrong. So you could have made a, a convincing argument for for him to be involved, especially when you see someone like Harry Maguire in there at the moment is playing absolutely awfully because he's not fully fit and Tyrone Mings Tyrone Mings isn't <laughs> yet Tyrone Mings isn't playing brilliantly and, and say Connor Cody is is probably has a lower ceiling than someone like Trevor Chalobah but I think you could, could make the argument to be honest if if you're making the argument for Trevor Chalobah you could probably make a stronger argument for Tamori who is part of a AC Milan defense on a regular basis and is playing well but seemingly is overlooked so yeah for me, Chalaba, you could have made an argument, but I don't think it's a huge surprise he's, he wasn't involved. I mean, I'll, I'll be really honest with you, boys. I mean, it's funny how things change, doesn't, isn't it? I mean, I remember, you know, as a young man, just bursting with pride when Kerry Dixon, you know, got called up for England. I remember bursting with pride when Tony Dorigo and Lasso used to get called up for England. Nowadays, I just hope that none of them get called up so that they get exhausted playing stupid teams or worse, get injured or even worse, get misused by Southgate. I mean, basically, look at the damage that he did to Ben Chilwell during the Euros. You know, that 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 impacted us because we didn't have him available for the first, I don't know, six, seven games, wasn't it? JK? Yeah. And yet the man with hair played out of his skin. Well, so. luckily, Chelsea are better than England, so we had enough cover, but... Uh, I, I'm not a fan, I have to say, um, but there you go. But I mean, I know they love it, and so they should. You know, it's it is a great honour, and, and we should also, I suspect, really feel quite good that we got a lot of uh, Chelsea players in the squad. But there you go. Um, we're talking of uh, Chalo Bar, uh, Adam. He's uh, thankfully uh, signed a, a long-term contract, haven't hasn't he? Which is, I mean, at least we've got one defender signed up anyway. Yes, there's one around next uh, next season. Uh, the other four, we're still not sure about. Um, no, it's great, great for him. Huge reward for for what he's managed to do, and I think also very important what he essentially represents. Because look, in the summer we saw Tammy go, we saw Tamori go, Tino Livramento, Tino Andrew, and Lewis Bate. We saw a lot of academy grads go out the door, and you were wondering after the success that Lampard had had in terms of bringing these guys through, you were left wondering, hmm, are we going back to the same old Chelsea here? Obviously, the circumstances fell into place for Trevor Chalaber. If if there was a a normal summer where it wasn't European Championships, Copa America, and the Intercor had the full squad in from day one, does he get in? Probably not. So there were circumstances that helped him. But look, he he did everything he could in preseason. Was given his chance in the Super Cup. Was absolutely fantastic. And and it was that point that Tuchel made the choice to go. Yeah, actually, I've seen enough from you here that I think you can have a, a big impact in this side. And and. To go through the loan spells, to go through the sort of route he has, I think that's important for the guys below him in the academy as well to see that you can actually go out on loan and, and you're not just forgotten about. There is a plan for you potentially. Um, but also for him, you know, look, he deserves his new contract. He'll be around hopefully now for three or four years. And 
uh, if not you know longer. Um, and and Chelsea know that they've got at least one centre back contract to the to the club for next season. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Are, are there any more um, youths that we've missed out on that might find their way into the uh, into the squad who were centre halves? Uh, Levi Colwell, who is oh, yeah. at Huddersfield. It's at Huddersfield, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very, very. I think he's only eighteen still. Um, he's just very. I have to say he's just very good. Uh, he's he's very good in everything, and I think for someone who's eighteen to be as defensively aware as he is 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 rare. He's excellent on the ball. He's left-footed, so you could see him playing on the left of a back three or the left of a of a back four. So I think he's probably the one where you go, yeah, I can see him in the next two or three years being incorporated. Saying all that, we thought Mark Gurhey was going to be on that path, and then he was sold. So um, so yeah, Chelsea. I mean, Gay, he was ready now, though. That was the the, the, the tragedy of him, really, wasn't it? Um, he was ready to come in. So you can understand why he had to go, because right here and now, he's got Thiago Silva, who I still say we don't speak enough about on this bloody show. I, I'm falling massively in love with Thiago. I just think he's, he's, he's... The way he plays, he's one of the best defenders I've ever seen. He's absolutely world-class still. So you've got him, you've got Rudiger... You know, Aspie's still kicking around defensively. So you can see why Gahey thought, you know what, I'm ready now and I want to go and play. And I, yeah. half of me has no problem with that. It's I think it's really sad that he's gone. But I'm a big fan of the club actually putting buyback clauses on some of these kids who go out. I really am. Yeah. And I, to be honest, there's, you know, you can make the counter argument here that if, if Mark, uh, he stays around, you do, you probably don't keep Trevor Chalibur around. So, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's, it is what it is. But yeah, it's, uh, it's harder and it's getting harder and harder for people to try and disprove the argument that those who come through at Cobham are not good enough or not ready and X, Y, and Z, because I think there's enough evidence to suggest that most are. Well, I mean, not only that, Adam, but, uh, you know, the ones that we are, that we loan out or we've sold are, are invariably the best players in the clubs they go to. Conor Gallagher has been the best player at Palace this season. Lamptey, when he went to Brighton, tore it up. Uh, Liveramento, you go and talk to a Southampton fan, they'll say, yeah, he's he's nearly always the man of the match for us when he plays. So I think what we're, what we're seeing, we're seeing exactly what we've always known, that actually Cobham is the best academy in the world. And these these kids are going out there and they're proving it, and it's bloody marvellous. Um, I'll tell you what else would be bloody marvellous, although it means really very little, as we all know. Uh, but Tommy T has been uh, our favourite manager, has been voted uh, the or nominated for the October Manager of the Month award. Um, who else has been nominated, Adam? Do you know? Let, oh, me, get, let is... me guess, let me guess. Guardiola, Klopp. Oh, Klopp, yes, not Guardiola. Not Moise. Ollie. Moyes and Vieira. Vieira. Yeah, that's, think, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I think Tuchel's the only one with 100% record. I think... I think it'll be Tuchel when it is, you say. I think he's won West Ham game, lost so. one. West Ham lost to Brentford. I think Palace had three draws, but one good win. And I think Liverpool had two draws, but two big 5-0 wins. So, yeah, I think Tuchel will be getting it, I think, this month. Yeah. Adam, Adam, you agree with that? Yeah, I think he will. But to be honest, and not, you know, trying to speak for him, but I don't think there's anything Tuchel could care less about, to be completely honest. No, he's, made his, he's made his belief on individual awards yeah. clear already, so... Um, and that was for the players, and so I don't think he's going to be overly fast. No, I totally agree. I mean, it's really quite funny because, uh, as you'll find out later on this evening, but uh, in the Premier League predictions uh, league that we run, uh, if you are manager of the month, funnily enough, 
And that means of the whole thing. So not just our league, which is the Chelsea Fancast League, but there are many, many leagues there. There's something like 1,700 people play this game, and there are only 74 of us. So if you win the whole manager of the month, you do get, in fact, a bottle of whiskey, a bottle of Glenfiddich as a prize, in honour of the old Bells uh, manager of the month awards in the time of Clough and Fergie, etc., etc., etc. So, you know, I like that. There's kind of there's a nice little bit of nostalgia there. Anyway, more of that later. Little echo. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm not going to talk about Conte going to Spurs because I don't really want to talk about Spurs or Conte, really. So I'm going to scrap that and say, uh, Adam, it's been absolutely delightful, as always, to uh, to have you on the show. We're so lucky and privileged that you uh, you come along and share your knowledge with us. It's lovely to see you, of course, as well. Ask Sam again and then ring him up in the afternoon again and, <laughs> and send him a message. And then Adam will be on the show again. I know. Uh, well... <laughs> No, actually, I mean, see, Sam feels really bad about it. And I said, don't. It's not your fault, mate. It's my fault for, for making presumptions when I should have actually talked to you beforehand. Um, but he says, I've, I've, I've looked at the schedule now and I'm all right for all the other dates. And so there you go. So, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, but, Adam, great to see you as always, mate. Um, obviously, you'll be there tomorrow. Yep, I will be, indeed. Looking forward to it. Get my last Chelsea fix in before the international break. Indeed. We'll get JK to wave to you tomorrow because he can actually see the people in the press box, whereas I can't. And I can. I should try. I, I'll, I'll oh, JK, you're, you're on your stool, aren't you? From what time oh, tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from, uh, from midday. Yeah, yeah. With so, oh, yeah. I would, I'm not getting it. shouldn't be there till about half 12, so I'll try and come over and say hello. Yeah, please, we're there to 2.15 with, with uh, Tim Rolls, of course, and his sexton, his brilliant sexton, his God book. Tim is a great writer. So... Um, but yeah, no, I might, and just a couple of people on Facebook said, uh, you know, what what Sam Sam's connection? Is there anything about Chelsea in it? Well, over the three volumes that I've written so far, he's he mentions them quite quite regularly, but um, it doesn't take up a, a chapter like he does with playing cricket because he was a bit obsessed with cricket, my dad. But it's still some nice little references to his um, his days at uh, at the bridge because uh, he went to the. Um, uh, he mentions the Moscow Dynamo game, which he went to in 19, uh, I think it was 45, just after the um, just after the, the, the World War had ended. And what a kind of normality that tried to, to establish. And he stood by the goalpost, he said, because there were there were so many thousands of people hanging off trees and they just let them in and they gave up. And, uh, um, and he said he enjoyed watching the whole of the game standing by the goal. It's the first time he'd ever done it, at, uh, obviously, at a football match like that. But he, he mentions that. But otherwise, it's it's about his career, which was a very interesting career in a, a very obvious post-war Britain because he get, keeps getting invited to the war office to comment on whether people are spies or not from his experience uh, as a prisoner of war. And uh, the very fact he then goes off and acts in things is just the, the always there was this feeling of... Uh, of the war just ended and it wasn't really finished that, you know it's that aspect of it which seeped through in, uh, into the first five years in a period in which he made uh, 100 and, he was in 119 films my dad mm. so, but thank you yes thank you wow. for giving me to give it a plug well, so we'll, yeah, give it a give it a proper plug what, what's happening at 12 tomorrow jk we're, we're, we're out thank you very much Chidge. we're outside myself and tim rolls are outside we're at um uh we're at marco marco's no uh, no no it's, it's, the, not, it's the, the dj's pitch yeah. sorry it's DJ's pitch. CFC UK stall. Sorry, I'll get it right. Yeah, it's at the CFC UK stall. Dave yes. gets very particular about yeah, that. I know he's, he's right to do that. Yeah, he does. And, um, and uh, we'll both have copies of our books and we'll be uh, signing them and selling them. So um, I'm taking about, um, I don't know, uh, 400 copies and just hope I do well. No, 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 I'm kidding. Save, can you save <laughs> one for me? Save one for yeah, me. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, so how much are they? Well, they're fifteen quid, but you know, I'll, I'll you know, no, no, I'll pay full dollar, mate. I don't mind. Yeah, 
Yeah, can you well, save me one as well, JK? I've got, I've got my I've got my card. I'm really organised. Got my card reader. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But if you want to bring if you want to bring cash, that's okay by me. <laughs> I'm winking here. So, okay. okay, good stuff. Well, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you, Adam, for that um, that uh, memory. Thank you. But more more to the point, because I mean, JK is usually stuffing himself with uh, roast swan at that uh, time of the day, as we all know. <laughs> Which is why he's never really in the pub with us before a match, which is why you never, ever really get to meet him in the cock with us. Uh, so if you want to meet JK, meet the legend himself, then all you have to do is turn up to the CFC UK stall at 12 tomorrow, people. So there you go. What a treat that will be for you. So there you go. <laughs> Enough said. Um, as I said, Thank Adam. You, Chid, very much. Pleasure, Thank you, Chid. Pleasure. I'll see you there too, mate. But Adam, as always, lovely to see you. Hopefully I'll get to see you tomorrow as well, actually. That'd be nice. Uh, and uh, we will see you very, very soon, I hope. Yes, definitely, guys. Take care. Hello, Adam. Thanks, Hi, Adam. Righty-ho, there we go. Uh, that's a bit of a long... Fart, but I'll get my teeth in. That was a long uh, first part. Uh, we will be back in a minute with the uh, the wonderful opposition view, uh, which we've got George Poole from No Nay Never, which is a Burnley podcast. We'll see you in a sec. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. Uh, I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and uh, as ever, I have the lovely Jonathan Kidd with me. Great to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And the equally lovely Mr. Dane Whittle, who uh, I should say is also uh, now a co-host of... I haven't seen you since this has happened, I don't think, on the show, but you're now uh, co-hosting on Went to Mo King's Meadow, aren't you, Dane? Yeah, no, uh, Dean Dean invited me on, and... uh... You know, it was an honour. You know, I, I know a little bit about the women's game. I've always followed, obviously, via the 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 American team, and I've always known, you know, about the the Chelsea team. So, which my knowledge of women is quite good, and it's allowed me to 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 extend my knowledge. And I'm watching more. I'm I'm trying to learn more. Unfortunately, I can't go to the games because a lot of the times, you know, my weekends are busy. Plus, going to the men's, but. You know, it's lovely getting involved, you know, talking. We're trying to trying to build it. You know, we hear so many stories about, oh, let's build a women's game together, uh, which is funny because a lot of other people don't want to promote us. But, you know, that's just another story. Uh, but, yeah, really enjoying it. Dean and Jane, very hard workers. Jane's our little secret weapon because she goes to, to, to all the games and and uh, she's got so much, you know, inside knowledge. And Dean is, you know, he's a, he's brilliant at what he does. So, you know, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I I love it and 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 all of you lot for doing it. And, and as Dean knows, any support I can give, he can get any time he wants. J.K. It's the future, though, isn't it? It's 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 Dean and Dane and Jane. It's run, running <laughs> running both fan cards. Let's be let's be honest. That's it. It's going to happen. It's yeah. funny. There's about ten years between all of us. I think. Jane to Dean and me to yeah, Dean. Yeah, but that, it's then funny. it's the same as us, isn't it? I'm, <laughs> it's the I'm same. Ancient, it's Chidge, and then there's there's yourself. It'll slowly but surely be pushed out. Well, then it'll be it'll be you running it. So, are you, are you, what are you saying? You're saying you're the first to go, are you? Oh, I must be just from you know. <laughs> there's a theme here, J.K. There's a theme running through the show no, at the is, moment. Is, what are you is, trying to tell me? No, I'm not. It's decrepitude, 
touching. It's my body giving up, you know, my voice yeah, and everything going. Yeah. But no, I wasn't. I'm just in the future, just looking for the future. Yeah, well, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I you know, I, I said to, I don't think I've told you this. So this is probably a bit naughty of me, but I've said to, to Dean that, you know, I think he does an excellent job presenting on, on, on Went to Mo King's Meadow and maybe... You know, I could have a night off occasionally, and maybe he might like want to do it because I think I think he'd be really good. You know, yeah. obviously I would still be a control freak and have to do the script, but I've yeah. learnt now not to put my jokes in it when somebody else presents. <laughs> 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 I remember, I'll never forget that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but when you when you did the TV show, I wrote <laughs> I wrote all these funny gags, and you had no idea what they were. And I said, "Why didn't you fucking say?" And he said, I don't. I didn't understand what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> it was actually, that. Sadly, that never made it on air because that was actually even funnier. But there you go. Who knows? Uh, we're anyway. We're waffling on because that's what we like to do. And I don't know if anybody can hear this, but uh, down where I live, it sounds like apocalypse now out there with all the fireworks <laughs> going off. So I don't know if you can hear that. But anyway, uh, now it is time for this. The opposition view. So we've got uh, George Paul from No Nay Never podcast in Burnley. Good evening, George. How are you? Yeah, good evening, Chidge. Really good, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast with you guys today. Lovely. Well, it's lovely to have you on, so thanks very much for coming on. Do you want to, do you want to tell us a little bit about No Name Never? I mean, where does No Name Never come from? Uh, so No Name Never is an old, It's an. I'm pretty sure it's, it's an Irish folk song. Yeah. But um, that is the big chant um, for Burnley and Blackman, Blackman Rovers, actually. Uh, obviously, ours is a, a better version. I was going to say, know. how does that go down? You've both got the same chant and you basically hate each other. How does that work? I mean, it's really good at a, a, a game because we all sing it at the same time, but with different expletives for yeah. the other team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, we have similar yeah, versions as well, of course, as all, as all football clubs do in a funny yeah. old sense. So how long's it been going for? So I'm pretty sure it's about seven seasons now right. uh, that we've been going. I've been with the team for two and a half years now. Um, but yeah, we've been going for quite a while, coming up towards 10 years. A bit oh. like Dash. <laughs> well, I was going to say, good... Good segue, my friend. You've obviously been reading my mind because I kind of noticed uh, that it's, uh, it's you just literally just celebrated nine years of Sean Dyche being in charge. Uh, I mean, that must make him the uh, the longest serving, certainly longest serving Premier League manager, I would have thought, by quite a distance. But what, what does he mean to, to the club and also to you lot, the fans? If everything. I mean, just from my own personal viewpoint, I'm 21. Um, obviously, so we just celebrated his nine-year anniversary. I I don't think I'd be able to like recognise the club without Sean Dyche's manager. Mm. It, it it literally just they go together just perfectly. And obviously, when he came into the club, we were on the brink of pretty much you know hovering above going down to League One, uh, being relegated from the Championship. We were a bit of a, we were a mess of a team. Funnily enough, it was Eddie Howe uh, who was manager before him, and we were leak, leaking goals for fun. We had to sell Charlie Austin to QPR for four million um after Dash had been at the club for six six months and it was two days before the start of the season. Um fast forward nine years we've got a new training ground, brand new state of the art training ground. The actual ground turf more has been improved no end. Uh despite wooden seats still being available in some sections of the away end. And the whole club just has a completely different feel to it with experience seven seven seasons I believe in the Premier League six on the trot now and obviously it goes without saying qualifying for the Europa League the other year was just something that wouldn't even have been in my wildest dreams when he signed for the club in 2012 so 
yeah, he does mean everything to the club and we just can't wait to uh, see what more he does for us in the coming years. I mean, I mean, I know you're, I know you're a youngster and, I, and I'm, trust me, George, I'm not holding that against you at all. But I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not even I'm not old enough. I mean, my, my mate JK will be old enough to remember this. But Burnley, of course, won the league, didn't they? I think it was 61... 1960, yeah. 60, 60. And they they were certainly in the cup final against United a couple of years later, weren't they? So, you know, it's not like Burnley have never won stuff. I mean, they've got a great tradition. But that having been said, would you say that Dyche is the best manager that Burnley have ever had? Um, Probably the title um, winning team would beg to differ. But I think in the modern era, it pretty much goes without saying that Dyche is the the best manager uh, of the modern era. I mean... We were talking about then the 1960s. I'm pretty sure 1967 was the last time before, obviously, we qualified that Burnley played in Europe because when we obviously went into the European campaign in 2018, it was the first time in 51 years. So, I mean, it it, it really was a whirlwind experience. Yeah. I mean, to finish seventh in the Premier League and on the, the, the budget we, that we had, it's just absolutely astonishing. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a real soft spot for Sean Dyche. I really have, and I think what he what he does at Burnley is nothing short of miraculous, actually. So, I mean, how, how many more years do you think you'll get out of him? Well, we've just signed a new. I think I'm pretty sure it's a four year contract. Um, there was there's been obviously there's been talk year upon year, people thinking, oh, he might go to this club, he might go to that club. But the funny thing is, he's not fashionable, so nobody nobody comes in for him. But there was a point uh, over the last sort of couple of years where it seemed as though the relationship between Daesh and the, the, the old chairman, Mike Garlick, had broken down a little. There was really a limited uh, amount of funds to spend. It was a case of how much further can I take this club? But wind back to January of this year, and we were taken over by new American owners. And it seems as though the relationship between the new owner, Alan Pace, and the gaffer, is going pretty well, and obviously we've started spending money. Uh, we're not going to blow, blow the blow the bank all of a sudden, but you know we've we've got the funds available. We've signed three cracking lads in the summer, and from all the word that's coming out of the club, it, it, it's a rebuild because the squad's an aging squad. It's been practically the same for four or five years now. That's why we've we've struggled recently, but we're bringing in players like Maxwell Corner. There's there's definitely a refresh happening at the club, so I think as long as Burnley fans still want him and that'll be forever. He'll be at the club. Yeah, excellent. Well, you know, I think for your sake that that sounds good. He's not exactly old. He's quite a young man still, really, Dice. So, you know, he's still got a lot of miles in the tank for you lot. Um, So this season, George, I mean, you've won one, you've drawn four and you've lost five of the opening 10 games. So you're sitting in 18th with just seven points. Um, I was going to ask you how you feel about that, but I'm all, I mean, it's really interesting actually because Thomas Tuchel, in the uh, in the press conference for Chelsea today, talking about Burnley, said, "Well, they're short on points, but not on performance." So he's figured it out. I was expecting you to say something like that, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, completely. Um, like it's not been all sunshine and flowers. Let's not let's not be silly. You know, the squad is, as I hinted to just then, the squad's really poor. It's aging. It's stale. It, it's just it's a, a consequence of four or five years of just real lack of spending in the transfer window and it's coming back to bite us now. So whatever we do do this season, it's sort of in spite of the old ownership really. Um, and Dash is again, working miracles, but that's not to say the performances have been bad because the last maybe six games we've played some really good football. 
Leicester away, we went there, we went uh, 2-1 up and then the equalised last minute, you know, just got the point. But it really feels like Saturday was the turning point. This Dyche's Burnley team were just notorious slow starters. Mm. And no one can understand why, but for the past like four seasons on the bounce, it's been getting the first win in sort of November territory. But then once we get that win under our belt, obviously just something clicks, the confidence is up. And that's the sort of feeling after Saturday. It was the, you know, win on his nine-year anniversary, played some cracking stuff. We saw Brentford apart in the first half. And obviously this weekend's going to be a difficult game, but I feel like we can definitely kick on and I've got the confidence that we can stay up. Yeah, I mean, that was that was obviously what I was going to ask you next, actually. And I, it's funny, actually, because I know I did a piece for you guys for your preview show, and I, I said much the same thing, that you, you notoriously start really, really badly. But, you you know, I'm not worried about you getting relegated. I think you'll stay up as well. I think you'll probably get up to about, you know, maybe as high as 12th this season if, if things go well. Because that's what happens. You start a win to win a couple of games and the momentum picks up. So I really, I wouldn't be worried either if I was you. So so we could kind of agree on that. Um, it's interesting, actually, because I, I, I was looking at your, your guys' Twitter feed and you did this wonderful poll of, uh, you know, players who have played for both Chelsea and, and Burnley which is something we used to do actually on the when we used to do this on the radio and uh it was always quite fun trying to find you know because it's not easy to find actually believe it or not and I, I know you kind of i'm not saying you cheated but you didn't include any pre, pre-second world war players but actually that was very shrewd because they're bloody hard to find um but uh i mean you know what's your favorite who's your favorite chelsea and burnley player i, I think i'd have to say jack cork um and it, it, it's not an obvious answer that one uh, and I don't think you'd get that answer from many people but when I was uh, nine when we first went up to the Premier League in 2009-10 uh, we brought in Jack Cork on loan from you guys and he was only 20 21 years old at the time but he was you could just tell he had he had talent he had bags of bags of energy he'd just run all game and uh, so obviously when I was 10 years old quickly became my favourite player his loan number 42 still my uh, lucky number so to speak um and obviously we signed him uh, from Southampton in about 2016 I believe and he's just a midfield general and obviously he's get he's getting on a bit now but there's there's no one who really who works harder wins the ball back in the middle of in the middle of the park and also goes underappreciated as well but um obviously we spoke about the European campaign a few years ago funnily enough he just found his goal scoring boots during that uh those few games and he managed to score a couple of absolute corkers at home to like see us through to the next round. So I think that that'll always hold a special place in my heart. Um, yeah. He's, I think for me, my favorite player to play yeah. for both. No, I, I get, I get that. And I, and I knew you wouldn't say Danny Drinkwater, obviously. Uh, I don't think you guys would say the same either. <laughs> he's, 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 he's becoming a bit, I mean, I don't know if you remember this guy, but he's becoming a bit like uh, Winston Bogard. Right, who basically we signed for a lot of money from somewhere. I can't even remember where now. And he basically sat on the bench earning forty grand a week, which in those days, like late nineties, was quite a quite a decent bung. And you know, he's like you know, doing a bogard has become a part of the lexicon of the certainly the English Chelsea language. But I think Drinkwater's kind of overtaken in that because he does cause a bit of offence by the fact he just seems to like do nothing and still earn. And he cost us a lot. Of money. Anyway, let's not go down there. My favourite Chelsea Burnley player for the record is he in britain oh yeah yeah i think you'd get that answer from a lot a a lot of people obviously i don't know if you realize when we were pretty much about to go out of business uh late orient game in 1987 uh so 20 years after we'd last played in europe 
um, we had this game against Leighton Orient to be relegated from League Two at the time into down into the uh, out of the football league. And the general consensus is that if we'd have lost that game, uh, the club would have folded, and uh, Ian Britton scored the winning goal. So he's always be a legend for the Burnley fans. Lovely, lovely bloke too, and I'm I'm privileged to know his one of his sons actually, and they always. Uh, make an appearance for the Chelsea Burnley match, that's for sure. So uh, we'll all be thinking of him on Saturday. Uh, right now, uh, talking of us, um, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you see, my, my perception always when we play Burnley is, oh God, we're playing Burnley. That's going to. I mean, I think I said on your your show that you're the founder members of the awkward squad. So it always kind <laughs> of worries me a bit. And yet, you know, the reality is, I, I, I'm worrying unnecessarily because, you know, you've only beaten us once. I think uh, since 2009, you've had 10 defeats in that time. I mean, I obviously remember the win, uh, the 3-2, when Cahill got sent off. Uh, and I mean, in a weird sense, that was like the beginning of the end for Conte because he'd basically spent the summer, you know, he turned his phone off, basically, because he had the hump about us not signing Chiellini and uh, Bonucci, basically. Yeah. And it all went a bit Pete Tong after that, really. Uh, so I kind of remember that game vividly, and it was a bit of a shock, but... Can you cause us problems on, on Saturday? And if so, how are you going to do it? I, I think there's certainly the potential, especially coming off the back of the uh, Brentford game. The confidence is up. F- funnily enough, I, I I think the same as you is I didn't realise the, the, the stats that you've just given me because I thought we've actually done well at Chelsea over the years. I've been, this will be my fourth trip. The first time I went, obviously, we beat you in the Carlin Cup in 2008. That was a magical night. And then um, second time was actually for the 3-2 game. And that was my first actually like away away game on my own when I was 16 to be three 0 up at half time at the Champions. It, it was absolutely bonkers. Everyone was I was just looking around the stand and everyone was just sort of bewildered, just like <laughs> complete state of bewilderment. And then obviously I and then I went a couple of years ago where Jeff Hendricks scored a volley to uh, make it two all in the end. But I think I think we've definitely got the potential. I mean this Thomas Tuchel team's a different prospect I think than the the weak Conte team that started that 2017 season, but. I think the players will be well up for it. They'll be solid defensively. I mean, ideally. Uh, this is the first season that we've not gone and lost 5-0 away at City in a long time. We only lost 2-0. So I've got more confidence going to the big grounds right now. Um, and we've definitely got the potential to strike you. Whereas perhaps in the past, we haven't had that with uh, a bit of a static front line, perhaps. But we've got our new signing, Maxwell Cornet, who's just a breath of fresh air in the club. He scored four goals in four games now. Um, and he's just not afraid to shoot from anywhere. The funny thing is, he's left back by trade, but can play a winger. But he's just so above and beyond our teammates that he just plays striker for us. Um, so he's definitely got the potential to, to hit you. And if not him, Chris Wood's got his scoring boots on again. So I, I think there's definitely potential there, but I, I don't want to be too confident going into it. I'll take a draw. Yeah, right. I get that. I'm very tempted to call Maxwell Cornet, Maxwell Cornet, really. You know, I think it's a bit of a <laughs> yeah. waste. And I was going to ask you, does he start blowing in the second half? But that's probably a bit obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's cost more than 99p. That's, that's the uh, <laughs> like Cornet one. <laughs> good good repost, George. I like that. I mean, what, what do you think the lineup's going to be tomorrow? Uh, I, 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 think, I think the same team as the Brentford game. Uh, Dash is notorious for sticking with sticking with the same team, got that consistency. Uh, Nick Pope, had, he had a shaky start to the season. He was carrying an injury. That's why he was ruled out of the Euro squad. But he, he seems to have got a bit uh, solid in the last few games. And then right back, Matt Lawton, who 
has been at the club for four, five years now. And we signed the new lad, Connor Roberts, in the summer. You know, cracking young right back from Swansea. But Lawton stepped up to defend his place. And then you've got me and Tarkovsky. Funnily enough, I met Ben Mee this week. That was... I saw that. I yeah. saw that on your, on your Twitter feed. What was all that about? <laughs> that, that was bonkers. We, we, I was quickly uh, talk about it. We, we were going to, we've, I've been to this band four times this past week. And the drummer's a Burnley fan. So all the gigs in London, Bath, Bristol, Manchester... I've started chanting Burnley chants and he's joined in. So then we were at this uh, gig in Manchester on Friday night and I, I do it again. And the lead singer shouts me out and goes, what's your name, mate? And I go, George. And he's like, give it up for George. Anyway, after the gig, I go to the toilet and out walks Ben me. And I go, Skipper. And the first thing he said, he went, are you George? I was like, yeah, yeah that's me. And he was like, oh, I've, I've been trying to find you all night after uh, after they shouted you out. I heard the chanting. So uh, I'm, I'm, he did say if I go on Saturday and he sees me, he'll give me his shirt. So I'm after to uh, give it the old wave at full time. But So he's definitely going to be there in defence. And then uh, similar midfield, Jack Hawk, Westward, Goodmanson, McNeil, our shining light. And then up top will be Corne and Wood. Mm, OK, well, we'll see. Well, I, I hope you're, are you going to be in the shed lower on uh, Saturday. Unfortunately, I'm in the upper, so I might have to swing the uh, the uh, stewards a tenner or something. <laughs> well, get a mate to sort it out for you, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good <laughs> cracking story, George, and uh, it's nice to know that you're actually more famous than Ben Me. Yeah, I mean, he was looking for me after all. I-, I said, yeah, you can have a picture, Ben. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So, I mean, you know, one of the things that... Um, you know, in terms of how it how it might pan out tomorrow, uh, which is, you know, we we've played a lot of teams recently where we've been absolutely nailed on favourites. I mean, Newcastle last week, and they basically just put, you know, they had five men in defence, but actually they had ten men in defence because they had no ambition, and they just parked the bus. And I mean, historically, we've often had a, a lot of trouble breaking teams down who do that, as as a lot of teams do. Um, we did on we struggled in the first half, but second half, obviously, once we scored one, the, the floodgates kind of looked like they were going to open. My perception of Burnley is that they're not going to do that. Is that they're actually going to have a go because I, I, they've done it before. I've seen them do it to I mean, up at Anfield, for example, they've they, they brilliant performances up there in recent history. So, do you think um, that uh, Dyche is going to have them set up to actually have a go at us and not sit back and defend with ten men? Yeah, well, we've we've definitely got the potential potential to stretch a team now. We've got obviously McNeil, who is a, a real threat on the on the wing, and always always has a knack of just getting round a man, despite not being like the, the quickest of players. But with Corne as well up front, we were working with the Brentford game. They spoke afterwards that during the week they'd worked about getting the ball in behind and getting Maxwell running basically. Mm. So I think we've definitely got that potential to stretch the team, and we're always a threat from set pieces. We'll give it a right good go for a corner. The, the thing that will swing the game is the first goal. If 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 we score a first goal, we won't go all expansive and trying to get a second. We'll sit in and try and defend the lead. If you score, it'll change. It'll change the game, but it won't change the way we play particularly because it's all about keeping it tight and and trying to nick a goal. Really, that's the game plan. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a difficult one to. I mean, you know, I look. Obviously, I think Chelsea are going to win, but it's still quite difficult to call in a sense because. You know the fact that you might have a go at us, you might get some mileage out of that. But on the other hand, if you have a go at us, you might leave more gaps for us to exploit. So it's it's a difficult one leave. to call. Yeah. I think. it's always swings and roundabouts, and sometimes you, you just cap, capture magic in a bottle, like the the three nil up at half time in twenty seventeen. So it's it's a hard one to call. But I just 
I'm I'm always wary of being too open and attacking. I, I'd prefer to just see us sit in a bit, to be honest, and keep it tight because you've always got the chance to nick a goal. Even if you one nil down, last 10 minutes, you throw the kitchen sink at it. And you've got Corne going down the left, right? Uh, he'll be up top. He should be up right. top. Well, so he'll, be the, he'll be in the middle, will he? He will, but I, we think he just like floats about and just gets told, you do whatever you want to do up there and, and create some havoc amongst the defence. But uh, McNeil will be on the left and he'll he'll be a man to watch. And it, it allows the attention to be off Goodmanson on the right, who's also got a wicked left foot on him. Yeah. No, I, I rate McNeil. I think he's a decent player. So it's going to be interesting. All right, George, I'm going to nail, nail, nail your colours to, colours to the mask with a prediction. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with an optimistic 1-0 Burnley away win. Okay. I, and you might laugh, but if you'll be thinking on Saturday night once we've done it, he called it, he called it. Well, <laughs> I'm about to do my, my we, have a, we have a kind of a predictions league that we run. And uh, I have to be honest that me and JK are absolutely shockingly awful at it. I mean, we're, we're near the bottom of the table. So all of my predictions are absolutely cack. But, uh, but nevertheless, I think we're going to win 3-0 because I just think we're really hard to score against at the moment and and the other thing is we're scoring goals from everywhere so you know well what I said to my dad was because obviously Chelsea have started the season wonderfully but I I just looked towards the last last weekend I mean you've got Liverpool dropping points at home to Brighton you've got City losing at home to Palace with teams like this there's, you've got to, there's, there's a loss coming somewhere I just hope it's uh, this weekend well, I hope it's not, George. But yeah. I, I mean, you know, so I'm not going to wish you any luck for tomorrow, but I certainly will for the rest of the season because, as I said, I, I, I've got a soft spot for Deitch and Burnley and I, I definitely hope they stay up and do as well as you possibly can. So uh, so there you go. Really good to see you, mate. Thanks for coming along. If I see you tom- uh, tomorrow, I shall give you a polite wave, not not the <laughs> usual kind of customary wave that we football fans give each other. And men never know, might have a pint or something. But uh, enjoy your trip down to London and thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Likewise, don't wish you luck tomorrow, but the rest of the season, you, you, you can give Liverpool and City a good crack for this title. Uh, brilliant stuff there from uh, from George Paul from the No Nay Never podcast. Brilliant name for a podcast, by the way. But uh, I mean, he reminded me a little bit of, of, of Ben, the Travelling Blade, because uh, he's only a young lad. He's about 21, I think. And uh, But it's lovely to hear the passion and the knowledge that he has of his own beloved Burnley. So there you go. Uh, right, we'll be back in a minute for our own preview of the Chelsea-Burnley game tomorrow. In a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the chills. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast of me, Stanford Chidge, him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, and the yep. lovely Dane Whittle up there. Uh, JK, I just want to say that the background that you have, which is, of course, an iconic image of Aussie and Chopper holding up the FA Cup, uh, in 1970, I have that picture hanging on my wall. You can't see it, but it's. It, I'm pointing to it. It's there, okay, wow. and it's signed by Chopper. Oh, brilliant! Sadly, not by Aussie. By Aussie, yeah, but yeah, signed by great, Chopper. It's a great picture. It is iconic, it's, mate. Because he's wearing the lead shirt. Yeah. I was just thinking, who did he change it with? Did we know who he? I think it might have been Bremner. 
Or was it because he, he seemed to get on with Giles quite well? Because no, nobody a, got on with Giles, surely. Well, weirdly enough, there's a picture of them running in Aussies, uh, which is dedicated to him where I sit. There's a picture of him running round Wembley after the true two draw, and he's having a having a laugh with Giles. So, but but you know, perhaps they all put it behind them after they've all kicked each other up in the air. Perhaps mm. it's all proper just, man's game, then, mate. Yeah, man's game, yeah. Kick yeah. shit out of each other, then shake hands and go down the pub and get pissed. Yeah, lovely. My kind of football. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, talking of shirts, actually, JK, uh, we've got another uh, football prizes or at football underscore prizes, as I should say, who are on Twitter of, on, on that handle. We've got another one of their competitions this week. This week is a chance to win a Jorginho signed and custom framed shirt. Now, we know that there are lots of people out there, particularly when we, we wallow in Twitter, that are big, big fans of J5. Uh, I, I kind of like him too, actually. When he behaves himself, I like him. Uh, anyway, so if, it's a beautiful thing. It's kind of a, obviously it's a signed shirt, but it's kind of mounted in a beautiful frame with some nice kind of pictures. So it's all kind of nice, nicely done. Anyway, the tickets are £5.95p each and the draw ends at 7.30pm on Wednesday, the 10th of November. Uh, and if you want to enter it, and so what you have to do, basically they, they sell lots of tickets so you can buy as many as you want and they kind of have this big bit like the national lottery they've got these little kind of ping pong balls in there with numbers on it and it's kind of naught to 99 because there are 99 tickets for sale and they put it in this big tombola type thing and they pick one out and if your number comes out you win the shirt it is that simple so you've got a one in 99 chance of winning it which is not bad odds if you think about it so do go along hurry up don't miss out uh, the link is footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Jorginho hyphen Chelsea as in C-H-E-L-S-E-5 forward slash. So there you go. Get on it, people. I will be putting that link out on Twitter uh, and pinning it there after the show. So keep your eyes out on that if you didn't hear what I said then. And I'll obviously be repeating those messages early next week. So there we go. Right. Time to talk about the Chelsea Burnley uh, game tomorrow. And as always, JK, we like to start with the team selection, don't we? We do. Have you, have you had a look the- at mine? Have you had a look at my, my, my bash at it? Here it is. It's up here. Um, uh, Pulisic, and, yes. Uh, uh, Zayek, I think, will be the um, uh, the one to go. Uh, Do you think he's going to start Pulisic? Because that was my first question, actually. No. You don't think no, so? You I, don't don't think so? I, I don't think he will either. I think he'll, he'll start Zayek. Mm. Why? Mm. Um, because amidst the 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 moments of idiocy, um, I, th- I think he's getting better, actually. I think he's there. He's in a position where he's having a go. He's not He's not giving the ball away. He's shooting. He's been unlucky a couple of times, some very good saves. Um, and he had the uh, um, the prescience, he had the knowledge to to run, to be in the right place for, for Adoy's brilliant centre. Um, and I think that was uh, a, a, that was pretty exceptional actually because you know the um, he could just have been lagging behind but he really went for it um you've got rudiger christensen and chalabar which i think um uh so we're not playing tiago again well we keep saying he's going to rest yeah yes you keep saying this every week and then then, then they play play it's every week i mean i wouldn't be surprised to surprised to play him what i would say what i would say is that whoever he picks in defense they need to be big, burly, and strong enough to resist what Burnley are brilliant at, which is set pieces with big lumps up there like Chris Wood. 
It'll be a bit like Brentford mm. in the second it, half it, in that aspect it, of it, won't it? It could well be. So, you know, I'm thinking. I mean, okay. I, 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 let me read the selection out, and then we'll then we'll talk about it. Mendy in in the goal. Obviously, Rudiger, Christensen, Chaloba, Chilwell, Jorginho, Kante. I'll talk about that in a minute. James, Hudson, and Doy Havertz, Pulisic. That's what I've gone for. And going from the back, you know, I I do think that he's going to rest Silver at some point. Although Silver actually, he, although he's he's not like a you know seven footer, he's 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 quite tough. He, he I mean he's so experienced and knows what he's doing. Because I mean this is the thing, isn't it, Dane? You don't have to be seven foot to no. disrupt a great big hairy ass centre forward in a no. in a set piece. You just have to time your barge properly, mm. and that's what Silver's an absolute expert at doing. Even to the extent where he'll go down looking like he's been shot. You know, and get a free kick. I mean, he's a master of it. So, yeah. I mean, I you could see Silver playing in the centre of defence as per, and that would be absolutely fine. I just think I he's he's got to be due a rest sometimes. He's played the last three games, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. You know, it is a surprise because obviously, you know, even when just because I'm not in the show doesn't mean I don't listen to the shows. And uh, quite a few times in recent weeks, you know, when you've done your predictions and Silver's not playing, and then he plays, you know. He's a master of the dark arts, you know, he's so streetwise, he's so smart, he's been playing the game for so long and I would play him tomorrow and I would protect him with Rudiger and Chaloba either side of him, big lumps and he can, but you know, Burnley uh, again, you know, the old dog of Dyche and his tactics, you can imagine him playing like a Barnes and just saying, just push yourself up on silver. But, you know, Silver, Silver will be prepared for anything. He's seen it. You know, he, he's done it. He's got the T-shirt. And like you, Jesus Christ. I'm just trying to find it. I'm just hoping that next year he stays and we release a shirt I actually like so I can buy one and stick his name on the back because, yeah, yeah he's he's a cult hero. And uh, I've I got a feeling he'll stay next year. Uh, Rumours come out in the last couple of days that he wants to. He wants one more one season and then he's going to go back to his, his boyhood come of Fluminese, I think it is. Fluminese. And I hope he does because there's nothing I see now. And, you know, I, I I always say, I say on the other podcast with Dean, my eye would tell me something different to your eye or JK's eye when watching football. But I'm sure we're all in agreement that there's nothing that we can see in Thiago Silva's game that is slowing down. You know, if anything, he's getting better. I remember listening to a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago and JK said... You know, he complimented the fact that the ball come over, it looks dangerous, and he'll just do this sly little header to his right or left. And it just puts the, you know, puts the puts the fire out straight away with so much ease. And sometimes you see people panic, you know, put it into the stands, which I've not got a problem with, but he is so composed and so calm. And it's like, it's like watching like, you know, a heavenly, it's like watching a god, you know, a footballing, footballing style. It's, it's, you watch him and it is, it's that, like, that, that moment you talk about in the fannies, you're like, you watch Thiago Silva, you're like, Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> it's, constant. it's a constant. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. this regaining, regaining possession under pressure is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mm. A pressurized header, you'll yeah. go up and you'll just. It, it we might know, JK, it, it because he's so it. calm. It could have got, it could yeah. go on to yeah. something else. We will it never doesn't. know. No, no, but, but he, he's so, yeah. he's so, he times the jump so perfectly and that he just lets occasionally, because he, he hangs in the air a bit. You'll just come. You'd be coming down. The ball's there. And you just head it to the left, and we've mm. got the ball. It's, you know, and you it's, think it's beautiful ah, to watch. He, he, does, he just gets it, doesn't he? He, he packs does. the badge. He comes round. Yeah, Matthew yeah, yeah. After the but game, the, other, the, the, the wife, the, the, the fans. It's beautiful. It's one of the things it. what made me think that he might not go to Fluminese is the fact that they, the family love it so much here, 
Mm. And the little boy, that thing the other day when she was something on Twitter, when she was talking about, um, uh, she said defences. And his, the little boy said, it's defenders, Mama, it's defenders. Mm. Brilliant. Thought, yeah. He's learning English. The boy's learning English. They like the, the educational setup here. They like all of that. If he, in, in, you know, I, I, I would feel that he would like to try and stay here as long as possible. I don't think he, he's had a completely phenomenal time here. He's won the Champions League, for goodness sake, when he never expected to in his twilight years. Frank just saying you'd have a, you know, have a good time. Maybe we've got good plans. But the fact that he did that, the fact that he's such an icon, it, it's, it, it's been a brilliant end to a, a clearly brilliant career. Got 100 caps mm. now, hasn't he, for Brazil? It, it's the it very fact we don't speak about him enough, Chid, is whenever we do speak about him, we just say, He's completely brilliant. <laughs> what else do you say? You know? Because it's it's just so consistent, and he always does it. Um, and he's got so much time, hasn't he? But uh, I, I, it's really interesting what you're you're saying there about. I mean, it's, it's, the, the thought that occurred to me is that we have such a fine history. I think in getting some really really world class players to come along mm. at the twilight of their career, and then they end up absolutely falling in love with the club. Michael Ballack's probably the best kind of yeah. recent example. You know, many people thought, oh well, you know, he's kind of over the hill now. He was brilliant for us, and he fell in love with the club. He still loves it now. He looks at Chelsea as his club, which is insane if you think about it. And there are plenty others where where you know that you can equally say the same about. And it's just lovely to see it happening again. And I, I agree with you. I think if, 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 you know, providing he's still fit and healthy enough, I'd love to see him have another another year next year. But we shall see. Anyway. See, but I would I would not I will pick him and I will pick my team would be exactly the same as we've played last week. Yeah. Which is therefore Hudson Odoi Havertz, um, Zayek, Chilwell, Jorginho, Kante James, Rudiger Christensen, Rudiger Silva Christensen. That would be my team yeah, again. And, and he may well do it. I mean, if he doesn't pick Silver, I, I'm, 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 you know, certain that Christensen can still do a good job in the middle, yeah. and I think Chiloba, as we all know, I think he's a good lump too, and I think they won't get any change out of him. So I'd be very happy to see him there. I think the interesting thing about my selection, there are two things that occur to me. Number one is, you cannot not start Reese James as the right wing back. So that means that Aspie gets left out in my scenario. Either way, in fact, both of our scenarios, which is interesting, of course. He'll be there for um, uh, in case Chilwell comes off because uh, if Alonso's injured, he can play left back. Yes, that's very left. true. The only the only other con- point of conjecture that I have is you know can I mean Jorginho again I think is an instant pick when he's fit actually um, because again he does something that very few of them are able to do. That's kind of what his game is. Kante, I mean we know that he's still struggling a bit with injuries at the moment. Um, and so there's that issue that he might still be wrapping him in cotton wool. The other issue, of course, is I, I do think that Loftus Cheek, you know, in the midfield with Jorginho, offers us something that we don't otherwise have. And I think against these teams that are really tough to break down and very physical, which is what Burnley will be, you know, he can offer that something else that we don't have. And I, I, I would be very happy to see him and Jorginho in midfield. And it almost sounds like sacrilege to say it, Dane. Uh, not to have Kante in there, but I think given the overall context, well, maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, I have I have Ruben in there. I like I know you know Kante can drive with the ball, but you know he lacks something when he gets somewhere near the area. I no, I have Ruben in there, and it's a it's a pick between Kante and Jorginho because I've not got Dave in the starting eleven. I'm thinking, well, maybe we should have I should have Jorginho. Uh, 
Jorginho to control it. And, you know, Tuchel's not stupid. We've seen before he would take players off different, not performing. It doesn't matter if you're Jorginho, who, who people are predicting or, or want to win the Ballon d'Or. You know, he will take him off. We've seen it before. And I would have Ruben in there. You've got to be, and talking about earlier Thiago Silva being streetwise, you've got to be streetwise and very smart plan against Burnley. And you've got to sometimes... You know, don't allow them onto you because you know how they're going to play. You know how they're going to perform. And Ruben's a unit. Ruben is on form. There's there's a couple of grumbles I've had with Tuchel. Not a lot, you know, going on to another subject. I'll always go back to last season when Pulisic was playing really, really well. And he rested him at home to Fulham. Haven't got a problem with that. He rested at home to Fulham, brought in Havertz. Havertz scored a couple of goals. We won, but he didn't keep the kettle boiling with Pulisic. He then didn't bring him on, you know, to, to try and influence the game or play him in the next game because Havertz replaced him in that position. That was it. Pulisic was out. I didn't agree with that. And when uh, Ruben had played so well against Brentford, we didn't see him for the, the next Champions League game. I thought, bring him on for the last 15 minutes, at least, you know, keep the kettle boiling. I mean, we didn't see him for the next game after that. But it hasn't bothered Ruben because he's obviously he, he played against Malmo and played really well. So with him, keep the kettle boiling. I'd play him against Burnley. Sorry, I went a little bit round, round in circles, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm glad you you brought Pulisic back into the conversation, actually, Dane, because I mean he's in my side. Uh, I don't think Mount will start, and I'd rather see Pulisic start than uh, than Ziyech. And that's not to be down on Ziyech because I think that he's. He's not, as J.K. was saying, he's not far away, and he's got. I mean, you know, he's got to come good sooner or later because he's got tremendous talent. Mm-hmm. The only thing I worry about is his, is his attitude, in a sense. And I don't mean that he's, you know, he's got a poor attitude per se, but I think that he he can get frustrated easily. I think his concentration is a bit questionable sometimes, etc., etc., etc. But uh, given that uh, Pulisic scored that wonderful, perfect hat trick against Burnley. Um, I mean, you know, you know what they say about players, JK. They they remember things like that. That some, you know, players have teams that they always like to play because they always, oh yeah, I got a hat trick against them. Fancy it again today. And I think, given that he's been out for a while and his confidence might be lower than a snake's belly, it wouldn't be a bad time to bring him back, would it, against a team like Burnley? But do you think that Tuchel pays any attention to that? No, he doesn't. But well, who knows? I don't know. Maybe he does. But I mean, you know, at the moment. I mean, isn't that a bit 1980s? Well, yeah, yeah well, I'm, a, I'm a bit 1980s, mate. So yeah, maybe there's my bias coming. Confirmation bias, isn't it? Governor, I always score against Burnley. Put me back in. All right. <laughs> I've been son. talking to Kerry too much, haven't I? It's kind of stuff that he would come out with. That's what's yeah, that's, going on. That's, it's a Kerry thing. Because um, um, I, I think he'll bring Pulisic on in the second half or even like, depending on the state of the game. I think um, he'll come on at some stage and I think Kante will get another hour and he'll, he'll, put, um, he'll put Loftus on. He'll mm. put Cheek on. I, I, that's what I, I feel, and he'll it it'll bring Mount on if necessary later on. But I think I don't think that. Well, you know, what do I know? He probably got a completely different plan, and we'll discover that um, uh, that Vale gets a go. You know, who knows? Who yeah. knows? Well, we'll find out tomorrow at three o'clock. And I have to say, the lovely thing is, um, it's another. It's the second. Uh, I read this in uh, Rick's wonderful. Uh, I don't know if you lot read this, but I, I do always read it and print it out for the boys on our running order so we get to read it too. Uh, Rick Glanville's and Paul Dutton's pre-match briefing on, on the Chelsea official website. But there's a lovely a lovely thing. I mean, he loves a stat design, Rick. Uh, but uh, there we go. This is the Blues' second successive 3pm kickoff in the league, which, as we all know, is God's chosen time for oh. football. 
Yeah. Brilliant. It's love English, it. Yeah. Hens, Absolutely hens, love it. Hen's teeth is, is having three o'clock kickoffs. Absolutely. So now the last time that happened, this is outrageous. The last time that happened was August 2016. Interestingly enough, the latter of the two was a 3 0 home win over Burnley. Hey. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, lovely three o'clock kickoff. So we'll know at two o'clock whether JK, myself, and Dane are, as ever, barking up the wrong tree. But there we go. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk in a minute, no doubt, about, uh, you know, the veracity of uh, Burnley likely to be able to, you know, be a bit awkward and cause us a bit of an upset. Um, but whether or not that may or may not be the case, um, the reality is that I think this is a very important match to win, as they always are, of course. But there's a particular reason why this is the case, JK, because should we win against Burnley, there's a very good chance that it will widen the gap between our rivals because uh, you've got the, the Manc Derby, United versus City, on the Sunday. And I think it's the Sunday, but anyway, if it's the tomorrow, whatever. Uh, it's certainly this weekend. And we've got West Ham playing Liverpool. So, you know, we know that one of City or United are definitely going to drop points and there's a chance that Liverpool might because West Ham are absolutely on fire at the moment. So that's a surefire way to say if you predicted that they would do well against Liverpool in the Premier Predictions League, that they're going to get hammered. But hey. Absolutely hammered. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Yes, it'll be um, 3-0 to Liverpool and 3-0 to City and we'll lose 3-0. <laughs> The whole thing's a disaster. No, I'm 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 putting on my um my Cassandra hat. You are, um, yeah. Um, so uh, no, uh, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Uh, but all these games have to be won, Chidge. We have to we have to put these sides to the sword because we're so much better than them. You can guarantee that we'll we'll pass the ball around brilliantly. It's just a question of the pace that we pass it at. It was seems to be no coincidence we score um, when Tuchel has an opportunity to tell them to pass the ball quicker and they get into space more quickly and um and they're greatly skillful and he has them um being able to pass the ball on a sixpence i mean part of the um the the uh, after the the goal there was a period against malmo where they just could not get the ball back from us we were so brilliantly just in was just one touch bat 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 you thought this is a great side um um and it it it, it doesn't happen immediately it's that thing of you hope they'll, they'll start playing that way but they don't things have to occur they have to get the pace of the game pace of the opposition um and if they can score early on um great but i i i fear the the problem is is that most of these teams um uh, stay back try and play as many men behind the ball and 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 do that the same business that we seem to be experiencing a lot of of booting the ball down the pitch and running after it and um uh, or or had element of press they normally and then the last 15 minutes, the opposition are frequently knackered because they've been doing, doing so much running, trying to nullify um, Chelsea's uh, great skill or even just even get the ball back. So I always feel that it would be interesting to be in a situation where we were one down and see what we would do. And I think um, I think we'd, we'd cope admirably, unless, of course, the whole shithousery came out and they did all the business of of falling around and, and, and wasting time as they attempted to do at Newcastle. But... Um, uh, no, I'm. I'm. Uh, we should win this game absolutely easily. We are a fabulous side, and he is a wonderful manager. I keep going on about that, and uh, it's um, it's from the technical aspect and the way he gets players to play out of their skins. It's it's a phenomenal football team. I mean, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I was talking to George, as you know, earlier on, uh, and and Burnley are an interesting proposition for us actually because, you know. 
they 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 do a combination of the, the two and I, I know what you're saying a lot of these teams will just sit there and part the bus against us which is you know we we know we talk about this all the time we should batter these teams invariably we don't because you know it is actually hard to break down a team when they've got 10 men behind the ball you know they're not idiots if they're really really well organized it's really quite tough unless you've got a genius playing for you and i don't actually think we have a genius you haven't got one of them. no we don't it's great to have a genius wouldn't it, it would genius. well we used to have hazard and that, he was a genius yeah. you know and that, that that's great if you have but we don't so it takes a lot of patience a little bit of luck sometimes and a lot of hard work but the, see, the thing about Burnley is they don't just do that. Burnley, yeah. Burnley are very direct and they're very aggressive. They're very physical, very intense and very physical. And they will press you. They will hunt the ball. They will give it a go. And I think they will. I think they will give it a go. And what I was saying to George earlier was that that's interesting, isn't it? Because whilst it worries me a bit, because Burnley always worry me for some reason, even though the record states that we've only lost once to them in 14 games. So, you know, the reality is we should hunt them stupid tomorrow. But they always worry me because I know that they're awkward. And the interesting thing is if they do go for it, which I think they will. I mean, they did it brilliantly against Anfield last season, if you remember. You know, they're capable of being some bloody good teams by doing this. But of course, if they do have a go at us, it will actually leave more space in the back for us to exploit. And we're bloody good at doing that. Yeah. You know, so and I said that to George and he kind of he kind of acknowledged that. He said it's a real conundrum, isn't it? And it is because you know, them going for it could actually play into our hands. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens tomorrow as a result. But, Chidge, I think, you know, it's the same way as we worried about Newcastle. The, all these teams, it's because we're worrying about them because of previous experience playing them. And I agree, they do d- combine that. But I just think that ultimately it, it, it's so difficult to get the ball back from us unless we make an error and they pounce on it, which is, which is what almost happened against Malmo. So, uh, but you, we just have to put the ball in the net. Um, and I'd really, I'd really, yeah, early. I really yeah. would love to see us do that because we haven't done that the last couple of games. Really love to see us do that and see what the reaction would be because it just opens up even more space. And we're such a good side going forward and such a good defensive side yeah. that, you know, I, 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 we should, you know, I keep going about this. We should win these games easily and we shouldn't give any goals away. They've got well, a different option up front now, haven't they? Maxwell, Cornet. Usually they have two lumps, you know, Barnes and Wood, but now they've got yeah, that beautiful got Cornet, beast, yeah. Chris Wood and Cornet, who, who Drogba, you know, rates quite highly. They had some interaction, him and Maxwell Cornet, on, on, on Twitter in the week, and he was saying, you know, go, go and express yourself and, and show what you can do. But, yeah, they, uh, Tarkovsky and me, two centre-backs, apparently Frank Lampard was really interested in Tarkovsky. He wanted yes. him to come in and be a spine. But yeah, you're, you're so right, 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 Chidge. It's, uh, you know, they've always played that 4-4-2 in the Premier League for years now. Uh, oh, sorry, as, as Sean Dyche would say, 4-4 fucking two, mate. Yeah, no, it, they, they, they're, it, they're in a conundrum, so it'll be, oh, I couldn't even get the word out, conundrum. Uh, have so you, you borrowed my teeth? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was that pub lunch I had earlier, which is uh, coming back to bite me on the arse. Uh, yeah, no, but I'm looking at their, 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 their lineups for the last couple of games, and it's the same sort of lineup you expect. That Maxwell Cornet, you know, could be quite dangerous. But he scored four in five, dude. He's Maxwell yeah. Cornet. See, I was hoping he was called Maxwell Cornet because, of course, you know, that would tell me that he's probably on the bugle, and and he probably, you know, he probably, you know. Uh, he starts blowing a bit hard in the second half, you know. <laughs> Cornet is French for crow. Did you know that? Is it? Yeah. He's from the Ivory Coast. Yeah, or the Côte, Côte d'Ivoire, if you prefer. Yeah, That's why you. he's obviously got his... Uh, yeah, he was talking in the week, wasn't he, about his uh, relationship with Drogba and uh, he contacted Drogba. And he, he actually said, I, I watched Chelsea as a kid, thanks to, you know, Drogba again. 
you know, the, these players that we don't realise, you know, they, they spread our name all over the world and people so far out will start watching Chelsea from, from years ago. And he said, yeah, he was watching Chelsea and he was a big fan and big fan of Drogba and it's one of his heroes. And he's, he got in contact with him and he said he's been giving him advice ever since. So. Mm. I mean, one of the things that I that I that, that 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 George mentioned that I thought was quite interesting about how Burnley will play this, and you know, J.K. is absolutely spot on as ever, and, and and obviously so. You know, if we get an early goal, we're in the box seat, and really we shouldn't really lose games from there, given how given how good and solid and strong we are defensively. But if Burnley get score first, you know, he said that what they'll do is they will revert to a part of the bus side, and they'll just try and defend and keep us out. So, you know, it just shows you how important that first goal is. Um, nevertheless, it would be lovely to win. It would be lovely to be top uh, going into the international break. And it would be even more lovely if... I mean, that's a good point, actually, JK. What's the what's the best results? For, I mean, obviously, West... I mean, actually, because West Ham are there or thereabouts. Really, we want two draws from those games, I would have thought. Yeah. 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 Every time, yeah. Which is, which is on the cards, actually, with West Ham and Liverpool. I think it might be a high-scoring... Um, drawn game up 2-2 um, yeah. but yeah no that that would be the best for us and yet West Ham are playing so well um, uh, and he might have a plan Moyes Moyes is a canny manager plan to mm. stop them from playing um, yeah, with the three the three up front are the major problems aren't they um, and, and stopping Salah from from executing his magic um, being very interesting big, good game to watch actually interesting yeah. um all right, so we're all watching uh, Burnley or Chelsea Burnley tomorrow. J.K., how do you see it going, mate? Uh, three nil. Three nil. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Dane? I just did some quick calculations, and I, I'm intrigued by your draws. If we, oh, again, it's all if and buts, isn't it? If both those games are draws, you know, which regards Liverpool, Man City, West Ham, and United, that put us five points above Liverpool, seven above City and West Ham, ten above United. Wow. Well, we can only dream. I'm going for four nil Chelsea. Thank you very 4-0. much. Four nil. Yep. There you go. Uh, Dane's adopted the JK role this week, I see. <laughs> Lordy. Is that what you've predicted in the Prem Predictions yeah, League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, Me too. I predicted 4-0 in the Prem Predictions Okay, league. well, I, I have to say there's a slight difference between you and Dane by the possibly about 40 places, mate. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm, we shouldn't be so shocked at, at Dane, but maybe maybe he's having a funny five minutes. I've gone for 3-0, actually, because I keep going for 2 uh, to, and and I, for some reason I keep saying that we're going to concede a goal, but we never look like it. So so I'm saying three 0 which means of course we're bound to concede a bloody goal. And I've got I've done the same in the Prem Predictions League. So yes, God yes. God help us for that then. But we're uh, hexing it, aren't we? We're hexing it by uh, saying, <laughs> mate, you got. I mean, this is the thing. We got we got to nail our colours to the mast. So let's hope we're all right. That's the main thing. Now, uh, as you uh, have probably just heard, you you heard me mention the. Uh, the Prem Predictions League, uh, and I've got the results out now because, of course, we were still playing a match on Monday where, fortuitously, I actually managed to get... Uh, I managed, I think it was, it was the Wolves-Everton game, wasn't it, on the Monday night? And uh, mm. I got that spot on. I got my first spot on for what seems like weeks. Not that it's done me much good. Um, but uh, I can just quickly run over the, the, the runners and the riders. Uh, Jonathan, as aforementioned... Uh, Actually, Jonathan, you got nil point, which is an improvement for you. Usually, usually you get minus points. Why did you get nil points this week? I was thinking of doing this every week, just not taking part, because I think I'll go up. Uh, you might. I think, given that you're 125 points behind Kyle Weaving, who's in 73rd, that's a bit of a bold gamble to take. Okay, no, I have. I have taken part this week. I have to say. Yeah, you forgot last week, didn't you? 
completely. Yeah, but there you go. But as I said, I think it probably was slightly to your benefit. Anyway, Jonathan's propping us all up as per. Oh, and guess what? I went up a massive one place from 70th to 69. So there we go. Uh, yeah, I had a I had a better than a, a better. Well, I, the, the, very unkindly it says what your average score is every week. Uh, so my paltry seventy points was actually better than my average, and that was courtesy of my spot on. So I'm in sixty ninth place. Uh, Pat Nevin is in sixty fourth with his series of two ones. He always goes two one. Canners had a, an average week better than me though, but he's in fifty ninth place. Dino has come back down to earth a bit, having been cocky, saying he was going to be on page one. He's on equal <laughs> equal fifty fourth. He got a horrible six. Shocking, 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 Dean. Uh, and the legend that is Kerry Dixon, who takes this far too seriously, I can because I, I have to basically phone up Kerry and Canners to get their predictions off them because they, they they don't understand computers, so they can't they can't enter in themselves. So I have to do it. Canners forgot the other week, or I couldn't get hold of him. But they they are deadly serious. I mean, Kerry is just like so bloody competitive, and he hates the fact that he's in fifty first place and on page two. But he's slightly assuaged by the fact that he's above both Canners and Pat. So he, he gets yeah. some comfort from that. But anyway, he got 80 points. He's in 51st. Uh, and then running up from us lot, Mark Meehan is in 46th. Uh, Dane. Dane is in 39th. You're doing moderately well, Dane. I blame Tony Glover. I had a really good week about four weeks ago, and he wasn't very complimentary about me. And I've just been averaging about 30 to 40 points ever since then. So it's Glover's fault. Yeah, I mean, 34 is nothing to write home about, but I mean, you know, you have got approximately 300 points more than me, so I shall probably shut up right now. Uh, so there we go. Uh, and then Martin, uh, Martin slipped down hugely, which is surprising. I've, have I missed Mark Meehan out? Maybe I have. I don't know. Mark, no, maybe I didn't. Mark's in 46. But anyway, yeah, Martin usually does very, very well because he's got such a massive brain. Uh, but he's in 30th. He's had a bad, bad, bad couple of weeks. So he slipped down to 30th. Glover, who was like lording it over everybody the other week and winning money and uh, all that kind of stuff. He got massive, two weeks of massive amount of points. So he moved, moved. He was like down with me and JK, Dane. And then he yeah, suddenly shot. He was in the top 10. Well, anyway, normality is setting in because Tony got a right royal nine points last week. <laughs> I've got my we, eye on it. Yeah, him. utter, utter shit, Tony. So there we go. Normal service has been resumed. Um, so there you go. So Tony's in twenty eighth, and uh, the best of us lot is the is dear old Marco Worrell, who is astonishingly good at these things. I mean, he's like in his fantasy football league. He does very, very well in that. He's clearly, clearly knows something that none of us do. Um, but he had a moderately successful week. He only got eighty one points, but he's still in sixth. And I mean, the point is, is that actually, as I'll get to now, I mean, the performer of the week was in fact our, our top boy of the week and he has been every week Luke Withers is still in the lead been top of the table all season uh, he's got a massive 1304 points and he got 143 points including a including the bonus for getting the fastest scorer so he got 143 points he's still top now that tells you everything you need to know I mean you know that it was a very low scoring week everybody struggled to varying degrees last week it was not easy uh, anyway, the final shout-out goes to the lovely Javier Chacon, who uh, who got 111 points, and he's now second. But, 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 Javier uh, has won the Manager of the Month for October. And when I say Manager of the Month, I don't mean just the Fancast League. I mean all the leagues. And there's about 1,700 people who play in the Prem Predictions League. So Xavier has won, won it and won Manager of the Month. And that follows up, uh, forgive me, I forgot who else won it, but we've had two winners of Manager of the Month come from the Chelsea Fancast League. 
So whilst JK and I might be absolutely shit, uh, there are clearly brilliant people amongst us. We are on the, we're on the company of greatness. Two Manager of the Month uh, winners. And uh, as Andy on Mixler has just reminded me, we're, we're top of the mini league. So out of all the mini leagues of which we are one, we are the best performing. So well done, everybody who plays in this. You're doing us proud and making up for how horribly shocking that JK and I are. So thank God for that. Anyway, uh, Javier has won... Uh, a bottle of uh, Glenfiddich, a bottle of scotch, as befits uh, Manager of the Month winners back in the day, JK, as we were saying earlier. Bell's Manager of the Month. Bell's Manager of the Month, that's right. They used to, they used to win an optic size one, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they did. brilliant. I remember once a long time ago, I got a bit pissed off. I was at a party, hammered. This is when I was at university. And uh, we ran out of booze, which is disgraceful. Disgraceful. How can you run out of booze? So I went to the local pub. And they, they didn't have anything to sell me. I actually bought an optic-sized bottle of vodka. I said, I'll have that then. <laughs> so off I wandered down the road with an optic-sized bottle of vodka. But anyway. These are the days of grants? Uh, no, these are the days of cunning bank loans. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I did all the banks in Baker Street over a three-year period. I might as well have gone in with a balaclava, mate. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Yeah, so Xavier's won a bottle of Glenfiddich, uh, which is brilliant, apart from the fact that he's in Texas. So uh, Kiro, who runs the leagues, can't send them out overseas, I'm afraid, uh, for various reasons. And uh, Xavier's uh, very great, uh, very lovely of him, actually. He's, uh, he's lobbed it back into the pot. And uh, Kiro and I have decided what we should do, rather than, you know, leave it in my undeserving hands to add to my liver rot what we're going to do is we're going to bounce it back out we're going to we'll figure out a competition and a a question to ask you and we'll put it all out to you on monday probably shove it on twitter and uh and instagram as well but you'll have to be in the uk to enter because kiro can't send it abroad so uh so there we go so well done javier for being very magnanimous and lovely and chucking it back in the pot uh and uh we will raise a glass to you anywhere hopefully we'll get to see you one one day that'd be lovely i know you're in texas so it would be lovely to get you over to england but there you go so what do you think of that jk i think it's great i think we should have um can we not involve them them guessing the team guessing the team over but you know you want that to be internal don't you yeah yeah no, no, I think that might be a good idea. Getting the team plus a question as well. Trouble is, there's an international break now, so it'll be like ages before we know what the team is. Would it be two weeks? Oh, it'll be that. Is it ages? Two weeks' time? Uh, so you could just go first goal scorer. Guess the first. Yeah, but it could, could keep on going on, though, couldn't it? Well, you, we'll all have a chat offline, and then we'll have mm. a think about it, and we'll come up with a boss question, yeah. and we'll we'll try yeah. and get it in for Monday's show, uh, yeah. bearing in mind. Well, I mean, we're going to be doing shows. Actually, that's a good point, by the way. Um we are going to be doing a show this coming Friday. So I think that's the 12th of November um, during the international break. We're going to have another Q&A show. It was so much fun last time, apart from the hilarious... I mean, J- JK wasn't here, which is a shame, uh, but he had better things to do that night. He was performing. Uh, and uh, But we had it was really funny. I had Mark Meehan and I had Marco Worrell on because I thought, oh, you know, great Chelsea sages... You know, they've written all these books. Everybody would be wanting to ask them questions. But we had Adam Newson on. Nearly every question went to Adam. It was actually almost embarrassing. <laughs> you know, everybody wanted to pick. But it just shows you how good Adam is, really, you know. So there we go. So Adam's not coming back, not on the Q&A show. We're going to have Sam in. <laughs> Adam's banned. Adam's banned. We've probably we got, we got Sam on, so maybe it'll be the same as Sam. But we'll, there'll be a few of us on there. Uh, and uh, we're going to do it slightly differently this time. I, I mean, I've heard what you're saying, you people who live a long way away, we're going to do it at 8, 8 p.m. GMT. So that's 8 o'clock our time. 
I hope, because we're doing it an hour later, that means a few of you uh, will be able to join who don't normally join. But it'll be open to anybody who's a, a Chelsea Fancast Patreon and anybody who's in our Discord group. So uh, I will put details on both Patreon and Discord uh, for the Q&A show next week. But uh, it'd be lovely to see a few of you in there. We, it's a lovely show. We, there's no script. It's brilliant. You just ask questions. We try and answer them. And, uh, you know, we relax. We can have a few drinks while we're doing it. It's lovely. So I commend that to you. And on the Monday night, ah, on the Monday, we're going to be finally doing the uh, 50 Years of Chelsea 98-99 season so that's the plan for Monday of the international break and another thing is I've had a book to review from a very well known uh, Chelsea author whose books I've read in the past and I won't say anything more about that but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it this week and I'm going to interview him hopefully the week after so there'll be plenty of Chelsea fancast stuff kicking around during the international break so don't get depressed that there's no decent football content out there because I know what you mean anyway that's enough from us we've been waffling on for far too long Dane brilliant to see you as always oh yeah loved it yeah really loved it as I said I'm getting so used to Dean and Dean now I can't remember last time I come on on, on, on the fan cast but as I say you know I hold you and JK in such high adulation that you know oh, you fool. come on you fool it's not enough to come on oh, and talk, talk obviously with you lot my head is getting bigger and bigger <laughs> oh god brilliant uh, well always lovely to see you Dane you know that mate and uh, no Thank doubt you. we'll be seeing you again soon uh, JK you old yes. rogue you great to see oh, you no. loved your fan bite again absolutely yeah, brilliant. brilliant again brilliant oh. brilliant brilliant Thank you, thank you so much. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get in. There was a wonderful Rudiger moment, should you wouldn't have seen this, where um, the 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 quite swift centre forward they brought on ran towards Rudiger, who did a kind of sort of lunge at him, and the guy fell backwards, holding his head, and lay on the floor, and Rudiger hadn't touched him, so Rudiger went past him and laughed like a hyena <laughs> in big close up. <laughs> And it was such a good moment. It was the Guinness moment of Guinness. Celery, moment. celery. Sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Yes, yes. The celery moment. Oh, yes. Guinness is, oh, sorry. Yeah. It was uh, the celery moment. And I just thought, I must put that in. And I thought, I can't, I can't. I wanted to do also, because it's a reference to the show. I'm trying to get more references to the show in, just because it's what we're advertising ultimately. But it I, it was, it was like, well, it was one too far, because I wanted to talk about the game a bit more in it, because it was just an int- intriguing game, because we should have scored. And we weren't at our best, you know, as, I, as I've said. But it was, um, it was, yes, it was... Uh, uh, he's become such a character. I really do hope that we don't um, we don't Absolutely. lose him. I really do. J.K., we, you have nothing to advertise but your genius. Oh, <laughs> no. my head is now. It's, look, it's on the edge of the Zoom. It's taken there over Zoom. Oh, God. Uh, boys, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Um, I, Dane, are you, you getting in, in time for a drink at the cock? No, I've had to give up my tickets tomorrow. Oh, no. uh, I've got a so- yeah, I've got a social event going on, so I had to put them on the uh, ticket exchange. Oh, bummer! Yeah. What a shame. Well, hopefully, I'll see you at the next one. J.K., I look forward to seeing you at the stall tomorrow. By the way, everybody, if you want to meet J.K. and buy a copy of the book about his dad, which I can assure you will be brilliant, uh, just just meet him and have a chat with him. He will be uh, at Love the stall to. on. From from midday um, but there you go but make sure don't shake hands with him not in these covid times and don't breathe on him he's too precious to me don't whatever you do don't harm him okay <laughs> so there you go brilliant stuff uh mixler people as always so such a delight to see you all in here uh getting a little sneak preview of our preview show uh look forward to seeing you soon right we will be back 
Me and JK will be back on Monday for the main Chelsea Fancast show with Marco Worrell and Mark, me and JK. Ooh. Oh, what a combination. Ooh, lovely combo, yeah. isn't it? So Brilliant. there you go. Yes. Brilliant. I'm very much looking forward to the Monday evening already. Now, thanks for listening. See you on Monday. And until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen. Und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich.